All right, everybody. Uh, so we are on the last part and the last event, the last anything of MaydayCon 2020. Uh, just wanted to go ahead and say thank you to everybody that has tuned in. Uh, I'm going to thank everybody again on Twitter, but thanks to all the authors that have been a part of MaydayCon today. Uh, I mean, it has been 14 straight hours of everything fantasy and science fiction and publishing and magic systems and world building and killing people and grim darkness and everything. And it's just been absolutely amazing. And I just can't thank everybody enough, but just especially everybody that's tuned in. Um, but welcome to the seventh author reading of the day. Uh, I'm actually going to do a few little cleanup things uh, while Jeremy's reading uh, as I have been going for, you know, almost, I guess over 14 hours now. Uh, but uh, I am going to hang out for a bit while Jeremy introduces himself Tells you a little bit about his upcoming debut novel, Stormblood, which is uh, number uh, the first book in the Common series, uh, which he talked a little bit about in the last panel, but it's going to be published by Golantz in about 18 days. And I'll have him uh, read, I believe he's reading the first chapter. So, Jeremy, the floor is yours. Hello, guys. Um, yeah, I've never actually done a reading before. I've never done a reading of this book before, and... Uh, this is the yeah, first virtual reading I've ever done, and this is the first time this book is going to appear anywhere on the internet. It's not even, you can't even preview it on the Galantz website, so you're getting an exclusive look at, uh, at my, my little dottings. And so that, this should be, this is a little bit of trial by fire, but you know, let's go through it because that's what my main character would do. So yeah, you're going to hear me attempt to do uh, justice to my first chapter. And yeah, so basically it's a uh, first-person character-driven space opera uh, about a, the DNA of extinct aliens that makes, uh, that's injected into human bodies that makes them addicted to uh, aggression and adrenaline, which of course couldn't possibly go wrong. And so it's about, you know, the consequences of it, you know, how it uh, affects, you know, people, how it's injected into soldiers, how it alters the PTSD, how the main character has to solve the mystery of his former colleagues being murdered and his estranged brother is the prime suspect. It's, you know, got alien drug dealers, it's got spaceships, it's got giant asteroids that have 500 million people living inside them. Asteroids that look like a sea, giant sea urchins, weird space cults, all the, all the good stuff. And we pitch it as Blade Runner uh, 20, 2049 meets Mass Effect 2. And, you know, I, I'm pretty happy with it. It's my debut novel and it comes out June 4. And yeah, and I'm very excited to read it to you today. Also, I have beer because you know, as an Australian, this is my, this is what we have for breakfast. So, and this is Rider Fuel. So, bottoms up, boys. All right, when do you want me to start reading? How about it? How about it? Yeah. Yeah. You, all right. Yeah, it's all you. It's all, you. <laughs> all right. Good. All right. <clears throat> So you can guys see me in the camera, right? Can you, is it, we can all hear me properly, yeah? All right, good, good. I realized this was a bad idea at around the time the alien biotech started pulsing with dark pleasure under my ribs. Not that it had ever been a good idea, of course. When you boil it down, there's two types of plants, the ones that get you killed and the ones that don't. When you're in the business of selling illegal goods from dangerous people and selling them to other dangerous people, risk is part of the deal. But it was only since I'd been injected with Stormtech that I'd started enjoying it. The rush of adrenaline, 
the thrill of danger, the heat of aggression. The Polomar atrium of the spaceport with its recycled oxygen was freezing, for my skin was flushed and prickling with fresh sweat, my breathing shallow, my hands twitching by my sides. I think I was even salivating for some action. Moist, sticky saliva filling my mouth like treacle. I grimaced. I hated when my body did that. Twitchy hands were acceptable, and sweaty skin I could handle. But I was never going to get used to a sudden mouthful of saliva. The storm tech only got this keyed up when I was walking into something no sane person would consider. Nothing for it but to press on, keeping a watch on my body and my surroundings. Breathing hard, sweat snaking down my spine, I stepped into the spaceport terminal. It was frantic in the way only spaceports can be. People wandering around and clutching e-tickets, queuing for zero-gravity meds, whirling to meet flight schedules, all while drones jostled overhead. I cut a path through the crowd of chaos. No easy feat for a guy my size, though folks tended to edge out of the way, especially since I was wearing heavy armor, my face concealed behind a helmet with a wide mirrored visor. The humid, hot stench clung to every surface of the spaceport like a bad reputation. The storm tech had elevated my senses, letting me smell the difference between the spicy, gunpowdery stink of a suit lined with asteroid dust and the greasy odor of a suit worn by an engine room worker. Between the familiar smell of a human and the unfamiliar one of some alien species, the smells all tumbling and blending together and oozing into every pore. It didn't matter which planets or outposts or habitats you went into in the universe. All spaceports smelled like this. I'd visited enough of them back when I was a soldier. This spaceport was in the bottom floor of Compass, a colossal hollowed-out asteroid. I'd never been to anything like this asteroid, and it was hard to believe, even standing in the flight terminal and seeing the geometries of chiseled rock gouged out high above, hollows sparkling with metals and threaded with girder work and support struts like the rib cage of some giant celestial creature. Golden lights glistened down on tiles, shiny with engine grease, as I stepped into the tumultuous streets. Only now did my body heat drop, my breathing returning to normal. Slowly, I started to think more clearly as my focus unclouded. Eyes on the corners, ears open, mapping escape routes and points of interest, scanning for the crowd for weapons of possible assailants. Paranoid? Perhaps. But paranoia is always preferable to a bullet in the face. I had to assume the jackal had lookouts and was packing surveillance gear. You don't become one of the most notorious crime laws in an asteroid of half a billion people without your own healthy dose of paranoia. People clustered around a hexagonal viewport to watch a kilometer-long spaceship soaring by, blue starlight glinting off its silver flank. High rises towered above the spaceport, radiant with bleaking lights. Multi-level shop readouts advertised ship parts, engine repairs, nav system charts, spacesuits, cheap flights and cheaper booze in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, and a smattering of alien off-world dialects, bleeding stains of neon green and crimson like angry mist into the air. A crackle echoed from the spaceport. A busted chain ship engine, probably. I was the only one on the street who turned towards it. Without the storm tech bolstering those sensors like mine, the average human wouldn't have heard it. All the distant warble of engines entering the spaceport. All see the guy in a window shooting a needle of synth, synth silver into his arm. 
thanks to the organic blue matter shimming down my throat, wrapped around my bones, slithering down my ribs like ladder rungs, and fused to the fibers of my organs and muscles, I could. A sudden comms link, comms link burst filled my eardrums. Grim, turn the frequency down, I managed to growl. The intense static quietened until it disappeared entirely. Sorry, Vakov, Grim said. I thought we'd agreed you'd wait for my signal, I said, ears still ringing. Yeah, well, I could practically hear the ear splitting grin in his voice. My friend's face popped into the bottom right corner of my heads-up display. He was short and weedy where I was tall and broad, pale with a shock of red hair that was the opposite of my tanned skin and black hair. We were opposites in many ways, but I found friends to be occasionally be like magnets, opposing forces attract, with the emphasis on occasionally. Grim was snacking away, every crunch amplified in my ear. By telling him to stop eating would be like telling me to stop drinking. Everything else is ready and uh, I just got a bit bored. You know how it is, big guy. Unfortunately, I did. Please tell me you're not watching me through the street cams again, I said if I brought, as I brought my waypoint up. If they backtrace, you worry too much. My deck's airtight, always has been, came the hacker's easy draw. Grim was my best friend, but in moments like these, I wanted to wring his scrawny neck. Just making sure you don't do anything stupid, like on Catter's station. I winced. You and I remember Caddis very differently. Grim gave a knowing mm-hmm, and I quickly changed the subject. Make yourself useful and watch for nasty surprises at the waypoint. That was our deal. I handled the physical end of the business while he worked his tech magic from 20 floors above. Grim grumbled, but eventually set her down to work. He might whine about it, but he all, but he all, <clears throat> yeah, but he always comes around in the end. If I need him at my side, he'll be there, although sometimes a convincing gave me a headache. He reminded me of my little brother. I will those painful memories away as Grim piped up. Oi, Vac, why are we messing with the jackal? You know he hunts down anyone who messes with him, right? Takes half of them? Half? Yeah, half of everything. One eye, one ear, five fingers, five toes. He leaves a tongue so they can warn others. Wasn't like I didn't already know all this. Your point being? My point being, why are we putting our heads on the chopping block? One of the Jackal's less lethal enterprises was a biochem laboratory that sold experimental biotech on the dark market. One of our contacts wanted his one of his genomes for a prototype called Hendrix, a male hormonal stimulant, enough to pay us to steal it. I make no excuses. Stealing from crime laws is no less illegal than stealing from anyone else. Theft might not be my proudest work, but it's the least dangerous and least bloody kind I do. But I hadn't told Grim I only took this job to pay for his Compass residency card. He always buried the problem between, between, beneath jokes when I brought it up, but I caught the nervous flash in his eyes, worrying if this was the week he'd be deported from the asteroid. I've not had much stability in my life. Not many people who stuck by me. Grim had, and I don't let go of my friends easily. Jack a boy is an ohm. Grim said over the sucking roar of a chain ship departing the spaceport and punching through the hangar's shield barrier into vacuum. Probably won't be until work hours are over, so it's unlikely we'll cross paths. You won't, I rasped. The storm ticket slithered up into to fold like wet cement in my throat, turned my voice husky and thick. I wasn't suicidal or stupid enough to break into the Jekyll's biotech lab, 
But crime lords are usually paranoid enough not to trust their own security completely and predictable enough to keep their closest secrets close at home. I'm the one breaking into the place. Although we both knew I'd taken this job because of the risk. It was a challenge, a gamble. It's no secret that my body's wired to sniff out danger for the thrill of an adrenaline rush pumping through my system. It was why I handled this end alone. I'll put myself in harm's way, but I won't risk my friends. The chaos of the space boy evaporated behind me as I slid deeper into residential sectors. Past colorful smears of digital ink, beneath a vertical labyrinth of jutting balconies and tangled walkways spiraling up through the buildings. I thought over the plan, my brain cycling through the risks and anticipating the possible dangers I confront and the kick I get out of them. My hands clenching and unclenching, my muscles tensing, the burning glow of adrenaline and adrogen trickling through my systems, feeding the alien plumbing hardwired into my body chemistry. I tried to shrug out of my body's sticky sensations and ground myself in the hard details, the schematics. Sometimes, my body's my own worst enemy. I passed a stinking group of, group of stinking junks slumped in a doorway in one of those seedy spaceport bars that only smuggle crews visit. Glancing up, I saw a flag displaying the atom-shaped insignia of Harmony, snapping in a simulated breeze up near the vaulted ceiling. Harmony was the governing body that controlled this asteroid and many others. And back when I was a soldier, that insignia had meant something to me. My body heat skyrocketed as I gaze at it now, storm tech clenching inside me. No surprises there. They had injected the drug into me, after all. I looked away, jaw hard, just as one of the drunks flicked his gaze towards me. As if despite my ash-grey armour and one-way one helmet visor, he knew what I was. Some folks know something's off. Wrong. Something down in the brainstem lets them sense the rottenness of alien biotech, with no business being bottled in human flesh. Maybe he could smell me. He threw an empty beer bottle that glanced off my armoured shoulder. The storm tech instantly flared up in response. An invitation for violence. I turned away before I was tempted to accept it. Already raring for danger like I was, walking away was harder than I liked. I could feel the armor responding to me now, covering me soul to scalp, the toughened nanoparticle surface was supercharged at my touch. Inside the armor, the interface tendrils shifted along my back, the electrostatic charges crackling along the nape of my neck. I turned a corner and saw a skinny slumped in one of the asteroid's hollows. He was birth naked and striped with what looked like blue gills. There rippled in violent bursts along his tattered chest, his wife in arms, his malnourished face. Each breath sounded like stones rattling. His breath was nearly black, sweat was nearly black, oozing out of clogged pores, releasing the sickly sweet stench of wet overripe fruit. Skinnies were storm tech addicts, some of them so consumed by their body sensations that they'd spiraled off into the deep end beyond the point of return. One too many missteps, and I'd end up this way too. I swallowed hard and eased past the poor guy, glad that Grim had the sense to shut up. A few minutes later, I came to the Jackal's house in a laneway below me. One of those standard living spaces you see everywhere, two stories high, olive green walls, largely inconspicuous. I perched on the walkway, some three floors above, scanning the exterior. No cameras, no guards, no nasty hidden order cannons packing high-caliber armor-piercing rounds, 
I vaulted over the guardrail and fell towards the roof, landing on my feet and rolling clear to my knees. Three sorry drops should have hurt like hell, but the surface of my armor sparked as the shock absorbers cushioned the fall. So far, so good. Grim cracked his knuckles. Surveillance cams, subdermals, alarms, thermals, laser tripwires, pressure points, and microdetectors all off. Hazy gold outlines of the security tech that branched throughout the building began to discolor, oozing back into the honeycomb sockets as Grim disabled them. Happy thieving. The vent slithered open and I dropped in. I don't know what I was expecting, but given the run-down surroundings, it sure as hell wasn't for the place to be decked out. Ebony floors, grey angular chairs, and a huge viewport peering out into the dockyard, frantic with ships from half a dozen solar systems and half a dozen alien species. I eyed an impressive gin collection sitting in a glass cabinet. Grim gave a low whistle. Fuck, I think we're in the wrong business. But my body heat had skyrocketed, my elevated pulse throbbing hard and fast in my skull, warning me of the real risk. If I'd been doing this for anyone but Grim, I might have reconsidered. But it was for Grim. I made a beeline for the Jackal's workstation, unplugged the overriding bolt from my suit, and jabbed it into the central port so Grim could get to work trawling through the mainframe while I stayed alert for visitors. A convulsion of colorful geometrical images and complex code flashed across the screen. Grim muttered to himself, still searching, still looking for it, still looking for it. Oh man, there's a lot of data in here. Our Jackal's a busy, busy boy. Oh, oh, that's not good. An image of a young man appeared on screen. He was spattered with blood, missing an eye and an ear, and the fingers and toes on the left side of his body. His remaining eye was glassy and broken and full of fear, a reminder of the Jackal's work for his own private collection. My blood, blood pressure spiked. Grim? Almost, he whispered. Almost, almost. Found it. A genome sequence materialized on screen. Hands twitchy again, a trickle of sweat running down my arms. I re-tethered the port to my suit, and the transfer commenced. That's right, come to Grim, nice and easy. The screen chimed again, and the Hendrix dematerialized. Got it, Grim said. Sticky, hot relief flushed through my body. I'd earned a drink now. I had half a mind to swipe one of the Jackal's gin bottles. And as I passed a gleaming collection of the storm tech cold in my throat, my throat, my thirst became raging dehydration. I couldn't resist. I eased open the cabinet, three dozen bottles of liquid gold glinting inside. I scooped up the most expensive looking one and headed to the front door. And if, I, if I'd been paying more attention, I'd have heard the approaching footsteps, the conversation. So I was, un I was as unprepared for the three men ascending the porch steps as they were to see me. The echoes of the conversation withered out into stony silence. I wasn't thirsty anymore. All three men were about as handsome as back alley dogs, but I picked out the jackals easily, instantly. It was his casual slouch, their relaxed demeanor and controlled reaction that set him apart as a naked surprise on the other men's faces quickly curdled into rage. There were sniffers, their bodies crawling with canine augmentations that helped them seek out threats and hunt down enemies. The wide nostrils twitched and flared in unison. They'd locked onto my scent already. I see you have something of mine, the jackal said in, in a vaguely disinterested tone, glancing past me towards his workstation. His slender face was sharp and jagged as a mountain peak, 
as if the bones had been carved with a diamond-edged blade. His wavy black hair was slicked back, his moustache oiled, his soot-black eyes constantly moving, drinking in everything, missing nothing. Like me, he was half Japanese, although I doubted that give me any slack. A small knife on a knife of a smile appeared on his face as he thrust his hands into the pockets of his trench coat. And I believe that's my gin. Get out of there, Grimm snapped. The image of severed fingers and sliced eyes flitted through my mind as a strip of metal unfolded in one of the sniffer's hands. It snapped into position as a half-meter-long blade, sizzling with white-hot heat. Wielded with enough strength, it carved my armor into scrap metal and me inside it. He took a step forward. My muscles tightened, legs bracing into combat position, instincts kicking in. You want it back? I asked, and returned the border by smashing it across the side of the jackal's head. Glass shattered, shards and alcohol splashing into his face. The storm tech rocketed at the first action, and, barely hearing the growls of pain, I ran past the two sniffers and charged into the alleyway. I hadn't had this much excitement in months. My body was rewarding me with extra speed, hot adrenaline shooting through my veins like a turbo boost. They gave chase, all clutching sling shivs that danced like silver fire on their hands. The jackal roared for me to stop. I turned to look back but ripped my gaze away before I was overcome with the urge to stand my ground and fight. There was nothing the storm tech liked more than a good brawl, even if it meant my own getting my own teeth kicked in. I locked down my instincts and focused on how the genome I was carrying would stop my friend's deportation, letting that push strengthen into my legs as I ran further into the labyrinth passageways of the asteroid, the, whole, the walls blurring and smudging under sweat-logged vision. Puddles of muddy wastewater showering up my legs as I burst around a hairpin corner. I cut the connection to Grimm, even if, as he told me not to. Couldn't risk him being traced if I was caught. One of the sniffers closed in on me, heavy footsteps echoing. Guys like this are all meat and muscle and zero balance. I waited until a flare of chainship lights had, flick had flickered down, stabbing light into our eyes before I jerked to a stop tilting my body backwards and letting the man crunch nose first into my arm and back. He tottered backwards, dazed and cursing. I slammed him sideways into the oncoming path of the second sniffer. While he was off balance, I hooked my legs out from under him, sinking my fist into his gut right below the ribs, my elbow slamming into his throat and sending them both crashing to the floor in a graceless tangle of limbs. I've dived through a stone corridor, the storm deck really riled up now, stamping down on my weariness. They knew the terrain, they knew the exits. But if I gained enough distance, I could double back and outmaneuver of them in a wide flank. The sniffers might be able to smell the path I'd taken, but they couldn't tell when I'd taken it. My legs burned as I ran on, spotting a lighter burst of light and a narrow gap ahead. I grinned as I curved around the corner, and my heart plummeted into my guts. Dead end. Two meters away, through a tall slab of hard, unforgiving our solid asteroid rock, was the spaceport. Might as well have been two kilometers. Soaked with sweat inside my suit, I stepped back to scout for a new route as the three men started to a halt behind me. They swapped out sling shears for nasty-looking handguns. The jackal's relaxed smile was replaced with a deathly quiet expression, his cold, granite eyes dissecting me, watching me escape for an es search for an escape route trying to think the way I'd think. This man was a hunter, 
and he cornered his prey. Eyes still fastened on me like restraining bolts, he stroked to his men. Cage the bastard. Screw it. You've got to make his last stand somewhere. I thrust forward and smashed into the first bodyguard, going straight for his broken nose, as you do. He screamed. The handgun went off in his hand as I thrust it up, the helmet saving my eardrums. I punched him in the crook of his arm, wrenching the weapon away to train on the jackal. But I was centuries too late. A sunbright muzzle flash in the darkness and an electronet seized up around me. Thick, chain metal cables wrapped up around my body, pinning my arms and legs, my helmet cracking against hard rock as I toppled. Rough hands rolled me onto my back. The cables crackled with voltage, getting tighter and tighter as I strained against them, my chest heaving. The jackal's boots kicked up asteroid dust as he walked over, towering high above. He glowered down at me before delivering a series of vicious kicks to the side of my head. One, two, three, four, sending flashing lights scattering across my vision and blood flooding my mouth. The safety of the spaceport whirled away two meters behind me as the jackal straddled me. No one would hear me calling for help over the noise. Don't flatter yourself into thinking my dog boy sniffed you out in the dark. The jackal placed his sly, angular face close to mine. Truth is, I don't need orgs to hunt a man down. He held the white hot blade of his slingshot over me, daring me to jerk away. What shall we do with him, boys? His lips twitched as if wrestling with indecision, but I know what a man has made up his mind looks like. Let's crack him out of that metal shell to get to the gooey bits inside, then flay his skin off. There's a good word, flay. The storm tech pounded under my breastbone in mimicry of my thudding heart. Survival instincts kicking in for real now. I struggled in the net, but the jackal was waiting for it. He kicked me in the head again until I slumped back down. I was vaguely aware of being dragged across the rock by one ankle, the world suddenly upside down. Business before pleasure, boys, the jackal said. First we take him home, tie him up properly and get to work. No interruptions there. On it, boss, the one with the broken nose gurgled. A noise cut through the passageway, halting him. What's this? You guys picking on someone bigger for a change? Three figures stood silhouetted behind the jackal. I recognized their sleek, black-barreled marksman rifles. I spent too many of my own years holding one myself. Harmony to the rescue, huh? I let my head back sag back against the rock. Harmony? The jackal's sly confidence cracked. How? Clear off, Akira. The woman, the trio were led by a woman, her voice sharp enough to slice bone. Her small service-thin gun remained holstered, her arms casually folded. There's power in carrying a weapon and showing you've got no use of it. You're lucky you don't have time for a chat about this today. We were just leaving, said the jackal. Yeah, you were, she said. And if I ever see you harassing folks around here again, I'll find a nice airlock for you to play in. Plenty to choose from around here. You read me? Of course. The jackal was all charm and charisma again. His sly, dangerous smile twitched at his lips, his gaze hooking mine before he and his men vanished into the smoky asteroid passageway. I peered suspiciously up at my saviors as they cut the electric net off me. What do you want? Harmony wants to chat Vaka Fakasawa. A long, long chat, overdue chat. 
the woman told me is that pull my arms free. And I don't appreciate having your base backtrace your friend's feet just to find you. Of course, that was how they found me. At long last, Grimm's outrageous confidence in his own abilities had conspired with pure happenstance to completely dick me over. But Harmony didn't waste time with petty smuggling. They had a galaxy to run, after all. A storm tech sparked in my chest and I had the impulse to make a dash for it. Scrambled to my feet and get a head start before they caught up. Wasn't like I owed these people anything. Not after the po poison they pumped into my body. But they wouldn't have dug me up unless it was important. Really important. I had to find out why. So I swallowed the urge and asked, I don't suppose I have a choice. No, she confirmed. You do not. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh Man, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, that that's awesome, and, and the fact that this is the first place in me all here, it's gonna be great. Uh, I think what I may try to do is, once these are all loaded on YouTube, is I'm gonna try to put them all on my podcast, mm -hmm. uh, and so people can like, you know, if they don't want to watch it or, you know, they don't have the opportunity to sit in front of a computer and watch it, they can, you know, pop in, pop it in Spotify or something and listen to it on there. So. I'll definitely yeah. let you know when that happens. Um, but hopefully this, these are all up tomorrow. Uh, I'm seeing panel one and Jonathan Wood's reading and Jonathan Jane's reading up. And I haven't touched them. So they're slowly making their way <laughs> onto the channel. For a total of about five people watching that. As as <laughs> so that would be, yeah, that would be nice for it that, you know, more people that most five yeah. are holding my family. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, but then you get the opportunity to share it and Golans can share it and, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to make its rounds. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that also happens where we, we kind of start losing people after, you know, 14 hours. So. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised there are people who are still here, but the fact that it's you know, gone across the uh, globe, as it were, is a good thing because, yeah, a lot of people get the chance to see it. And I'm sure you'll rack up views in time. And, yeah, because there's a lot of coverage on this. Yeah, and good gosh, I you know only started a YouTube channel a month ago, and I had one video up until Friday. So I mean, there's an opportunity there for sure. Yeah. And may, maybe maybe we can get Reddit involved at some point. Yeah, uh, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, Stephen um, Erickson. Yeah, dress, exactly. Dress up as a Canadian, right? Um, but no, it's been really good, and you know, it's been really nice that it all worked out so well and that we got so many people and i've really loved the panels that i've seen you know we've had a great diverse mix of genres and authors and people at different points in their career and it's really good that we get the big names along the new guys and yeah it's it's been really fun and i i'll be here for round two as if you uh after you sleep for a month and uh you know and your wife actually lets you lets you near the computer again yeah. i'll be yeah. happy to do round two yeah, we we've got a you know we've got a baby on the way in like under under forty days now, so I, I have a feeling social media is going to take a backseat for a while, which is probably yeah. it, it is a good thing, but it's probably also a good thing. Uh, yeah. And uh, and so I don't even know when podcasts going to happen again. But honestly, I kind of really like this whole streamyard thing, so I may start doing YouTube like chats and then just uploading it to the podcast and let that Might be, be a good idea. Be yeah. Idea. Um, and that way I can kind of get two markets going that way. So we'll see, but uh, yeah, just keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled, your, your ears peeled, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and maybe we can do something like this again, or, or at least have, you know, some single author chats or maybe just 
random panels throughout the year or something just to just yeah, to give somebody something new. That'd be good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll let you get back to it, but enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe. Uh, and, and yeah, just uh, look for it to, to hopefully pop up on my channel here soon and you can start sharing it. But just okay. thanks for thanks for everything. Thanks for being a part of the panel and thanks for your yeah. videos. So the book comes out June 4. Um, it's going to be available in uh, – it's currently of a UK deal, so it's going to be in hard – it's going to be in hardcover, trade paperback, ebook, audio, all the usual places. In the US, it's going to be available in ebook and uh, audio only. For now, as far as I know, it will be in the US, but all other countries, Canada, UK, Australia, New Zealand, it's going to be you know in stores and all the usual places, and that will be in 18 days. And, yeah, I am not nervous at all. So um, – <laughs> Never, yeah. never for a debut, yeah. right? <laughs> no, of course. Why would you be? And uh, so, yeah, that's yeah, that's my that's my book. So I would like to eat. So please <laughs> consider buying it, and if not mine, someone else's, or just buy all of ours. You don't have to read them; just buy them. Yeah, just just buy one book at least from every author you've seen today. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Jeremy, and uh, no and we'll chat soon. Yeah, I really it's an honor to kind of like you know capstone the. Uh, this big convention. I'm not sure, you know, either because no one's actually watching it, but it was still nice to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, what, what better, what better place to start, right? Is at the end. <laughs> really go off from here. Hey, there you go. Thanks again, Jeremy. No worries.